Welcome to the Purposeful Planning Podcast, where we discuss how meeting and event planners can maximize their time, their budget, and most importantly, their impact. I'm Joe Fiegel, and today with my co-host Jack Phillips, the CEO and founder of the ROI Institute, we're going to be showing you how to measure performance, engagement, and ROI across all aspects for your meeting and events. Let's get started. Okay, you've seen it happen. You're on a virtual event and there's that person who forgets that they're not on mute and they start talking to someone, not part of the experience. Multitasking at virtual or live events is a growing issue. So how do we keep their attention and measure engagement when we need to use virtual platform? Co-host Jack Phillips and I are gonna give you three ways to measure and improve your virtual attendees' attention. Jack, how are you doing today? Doing great. How are you, Joe? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining. And it's so good to start this podcast. So, you know, I want to give everybody a little insight. Jack and I met at MPI eight years ago when I attended his session on measuring ROI for meetings and events. Uh, Frankly, I was blown away by his methodology for connecting performance and revenue to meetings and the events activity. We in the industry know how much value the meetings and events return to organization is, but the practice and I think the process of quantifying that return in a way that resonated with the C-level executives, they're just not getting enough attention. Fast forward to today, I think we're all beginning to realize the growing need and importance of measuring the return on this activity. So I reached out to Jack about joining me on this podcast to discuss this growing need for measurement. Jack, do you remember what you said when I pitched you this idea? Well, I said, thank goodness, because uh, we've worked with this industry in the past and we just haven't had enough traction. Uh, We've had the support of MPI and and PCMA, but when when our planners come to the sessions, they say, "Look, I'm too busy for this. I, I've got too much to do. I'm stressed out already. I just don't have time for this." Uh, so we really need someone to help us take this out to the planners and make it work. So I, I'm glad you called, and I think now's a chance to do that and the opportunity to do that. Absolutely. And I'm excited to take a deep dive into this topic, giving some insights along the way that planners can try to help improve results. The topic today is mitigating multitasking. And that's something that I think everyone has a challenge with, whether it's a live meeting or it's a virtual meeting. And to me, you know, one of the things that we're really trying to look at is taking the distractions off the table, trying to figure out how do we get participants ready and engaged for that meeting. And um, curious about your thoughts and to hear strategies that you've tried and that you've had success with. Yes, but first let me mention this. Um, Three things, the science, the logic, and the perspective. First, the science, tells us clearly that multitasking is not good for us. We inhibit learning and we waste time. We increase stress and we increase anxiety. So it's not in our best interest to do it. So let's think about logic. The logical chain of value from a meeting is this. You attend a meeting, uh, you react, you learn, and you want to apply and have an impact. So there's a chain of value there. Multitasking inhibits learning. So if your learning is inhibited, then your takeaways are diminished, which means you won't be able to use what you could have taken away. So it's really in your best interest. So this is a perspective now. Uh, it's, it's good for you to not, you the participant, not to be 
uh, multitasking. From a planner perspective, we've got to communicate that quite well. It's not us trying to punish you or control you. It's really to bring it to your attention that this is not good for you when you're multitasking. So now let's go to the first tip. We're removing those distractions. We like to say, turn off the distractions, turn on the videos. Turn off means that we shut down the technology, the cell phones, the email notices, or whatever else it might be there uh, that would be distracting us from a technology standpoint. But also look around for your environment and try to remove those distractions. They often are even worse sometimes. And from a planner perspective, we want to put some instructions out, guidelines for them. Hey, this is what's going to help you maximize your involvement in this process uh, by removing these distractions. This is what we ask you to do very uh, directly to make sure that it works for you. And then turn on the video. Uh, we know, and you know it too, that if you're on the video, you're more likely to be engaged. So we want to be tuned in with that video. And we'll use videos later. We'll talk about that too. So it's not just turning on your video, but we're going to turn on our video and show you some short videos along the way. So as planners, if we look for ways to keep attendees on camera, we're going to be maximizing learning, which then is obviously going to drive return for the organization through things like increase in performance, revenue, and most importantly, in some cases, employee satisfaction. When you're off camera, it just invites doing anything but listening to what you have. In fact, for, for me, it's just very difficult to li listen to something that's just a voice coming out of the computer and say, focus, be a part of the conversation. <laughs> we might need to add video to this podcast then. Asking attendees to keep the video on is the first step. But what we've seen is that planners who had tools and touch points to convey the value of being fully engaged in a meeting or experience are the most successful in keeping their virtual attendees' attention. From pre-meeting materials that articulate the takeaways, they'll receive through participation in incorporating entertainment elements that convey certain aspects of the materials. So steps taking a plan to removing the distractions, those are going to make a big impact. Now let's dive into our second tip on how to drive attendee engagement. The challenge that we're all facing with virtual meetings and events is screen fatigue. With each passing month, it becomes a bigger hurdle, leaving planners constantly challenged to reimagine experiences and try to work around this issue that they can't control. At the same time, organizations still need to bring people together to inform, share, and accomplish their goals. So Jack, give me your thoughts on how planners can combat this screen fatigue that we're all experiencing. So good rule of thumb is think about after about five minutes, have them engaged in something, some activity. And polling obviously works quite well, and it's not that difficult. Have Use polling to find out whether you are with something, your experience with it, or the challenges around it. Some polling there is so important. They love to get involved, and it's data coming right from the group that you have. Think about the breakouts. Easy to do breakouts on almost any platform these days. Breakout, they, some people love that, some people don't. And you, you, sometimes you have to judge a culture there to whether you want to continue that or not with a particular group. But, but breakouts usually work. And then think about the whiteboard exercise for a lot of the platforms. People like to write in something that they 
It may be what's your biggest challenge, what's your biggest takeaway, what's your biggest opportunity, something there that's important to the session, but something they could write. And think about activities, exercises, quizzes, you know, just something to keep their focus, keep their mind going, that so we have these things happening. And think about reflections, maybe write their reflections. Think about keeping the chat going over the chat box, someone monitoring that. So we keep that going, encourage it. Some people like to keep writing those things. And the problem we have here, a lot of your speakers would say, wait a minute, if I've got to do all of this, I'm losing my content. And we would agree. The more activities you have, the less time you have for just pure content that you want to throw out there. But the problem is if they're not engaged, they're not going to get any of your content. And so it's a trade-off. I'll have a little less content, but I know that they will have learned it because they were involved. So that's the key thing for us. Design it for that participation and engagement. I think what's happening in these virtual um, settings is that there's more content being squished into less hours and very little breaks. We're doing a lot right now with helping planners break up the content in virtual meetings with entertainment elements, but typically those are scheduled at the tail end of a meeting when screen fatigue really has already settled in. So breaking up the content using entertainment and engagement elements like polling or enrichment activities gives us a better chance of maintaining their attention whilst minimizing distractions while also providing useful data on participation when reporting back to leadership on the success of a meeting or an event. So now let's talk about our last tip. How do you elevate interest in a meeting topic or an event content to set the table for reduced multitasking? Jack, as a speaker at meetings and events throughout the world, Tell me what your suggestions or your strategies that you would give to planners that might help them. Yes. So think about the objectives to begin with. You know, for most sessions, you have learning objectives, what you will take away from this. But really what's important to them is what can they actually use and what impact will it have in their world, their work, their processes. Um, so if you, if you have your speakers to write simple application objectives. Here's what you will take away from the session. And here's the impact it will have. Hey, that's not a, only a draw to get them in there, but it's also motivation to stay tuned. If you if you told me you're going to show me a technique that caught, that I can use to increase my sales by 10% in two weeks, hey, you got my attention. I'll stay with you. I'm going to stay with you because I want to hear this because I've got the end goal in mind. So think that. And then think, think of stories. We tell lots of stories. I tell almost too many of them. Stories is a way to get it started. You always want to lead with a story for your speakers, but keep them engaged with those great stories. But the stories need to be connected, of course, to the topic. That's the key of a story, getting it there. And think about videos, bring in, in short videos. People like the breakup of a video. The videos will be professionally done. We need that, of course, uh, but they bring a quick focus to a message. I mean, a quick message there, and that keeps them going. And think about the content. It got, it's got to be relevant and useful and important to them. If it's not, you're going to lose them. So you got to make sure it's there and make sure the information you have is new. People want new stuff. If you've got new stuff, they're waiting for the next new item you're going to tell them. Um, and they, they want your insight. Uh, 
perspective. I got my perspective, but I want to hear yours on this issue. So you want to be giving them some content, give them some process that they're anxiously awaiting for the next one. You see what you want them to to say, hey, I want to be engaged. I'm going to stay engaged. This is something I want to learn. This is something I want to use. I'm going to stay connected. If you get that mentality with your participants, you've got them where you need to be. Telling a story throughout a meeting or an event is so important, especially when it comes to virtual. Reinforcing the story with entertainment and production elements that are delivered prior to or even during the event create excitement and more importantly, anticipation. The newness you talked about is also increasingly important when trying to elevate interest in a topic and compete with all the things that people are fighting their attention. I keep hearing the phrase reimagine experiences, but what people really want is something completely new. And that is where the best opportunity lies to garner interest in a meeting or an event experience. You know, new is hard, but it, it also requires more time at the planning stage and more importantly in the execution because you are doing something. Getting some feedback in the moment is also extremely valuable to determine if a topic or that experience is hitting the mark and delivering on its objectives of improving the performance. That's why you're there. If the topic is relevant and you said, and, and, and like you said, as a sales guy myself, um, if you told me I was going to raise 10%, I'd probably subscribe to your podcast and I'd listen every week because that's what we want. But hearing what my feedback is in that and asking, being able to ask questions, I think yeah. that's critical, don't you? Yes. Yes. Um, if, you, if you're in a breakout session, you could probably just have everyone interrupt you with a question. I like to do that. If I've got you know, 30, 40 people or less, I can do that without a problem. Uh, if not, you know, have them write it in the chat and have someone following the chat and bringing this up to you. Uh, so you, you can support your speakers that way by bringing in those good feedback questions we're getting as we go along, keeping it as a dialogue. We are all learning as we do more of these virtual events. We went from rehearsing in a ballroom to pre-recording or recording remotely from home. So it started out as a one-way conversation. But as people become more comfortable with remote presentation and participation, we are seeing opportunities to improve the interactions in exchange. We're also seeing opportunities to create a new virtual experience, which help to minimize multitasking as people are more curious about the subject and delivery of this material. Yes, we have. And uh, the planner could make a difference here. Imagine if you put the uh, 10 things that you expect out of your speaker along the, the lines that we've just covered and say, if you don't do at least eight of the 10, we really don't want you to speak. Getting people to understand you've, you've got to get, be engaged. Otherwise, this is a waste of everybody's time. And demanding that of your speakers and helping them get there. Uh, with tools and expectations and tips, even tips on how to tell a good story if they don't know how. Yeah. Uh, we can do that. You can do that. When we use these tools to minimize multitasking, we improve the return on the meeting and events. So taking the time at the beginning, mapping out your goals, creating new content, and curating experience that plans for engagement always is going to improve your return on this time and investment. I want to thank you, Jack, for teaming up with me to share these ideas, the strategies, and more importantly, your tips. If you want to dive deeper, Jack is hosting a one-day boot camp later in April. Stay tuned, or once again, go to purposeful-planning.com for more information. Thank you for joining us today. 
We so appreciate your time. If you found these insights helpful, please subscribe to this podcast. If you'd like more information, please visit us at purposeful-planning.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope to see you soon.